Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. Deciding how old the human race is depends on how you define human, as our evolution in one form or another has been ongoing for hundreds of thousands of years. But new research has determined more accurately when we started wearing clothes. It was around 170,000 years ago that man started draping himself in basic clothing like animal skins after primitive man lost his ape-like body hair. That loss of body hair happened around 1 million years ago, but it was only around 170,000 years ago that man got the idea to start wearing clothes. And the way that scientists have come up with that number is by figuring out when head lice evolved into body lice. And the only way that body lice would survive was that if there was some sort of clothing for them to attach themselves to. So by figuring out how long body lice have been around, we can make a good guess as how long we have been wearing simple clothes. It makes me feel itchy just thinking about body lice. With the cold weather at this time of year, it's tempting to just stay home and keep warm. And that is usually the case for most animals too, who will wait till the warmer weather before thinking about anything else rather than just eating enough to stay alive. But not certain species of butterfly. Unlike most other animals, when the weather turns chilly, they start thinking about finding a mate. And there's a good reason for that, as in part of the mating process, the male will also pass on essential nutrients to the female. So it's something like getting a free meal from your boyfriend to keep warm. It's not the same for every butterfly species, but if you do see more butterflies around in the colder weather, then they are actually looking for a free snack. You've probably seen images on TV of the recent flooding in Australia that has been so devastating. People forced out of their homes by rising floodwaters. But it's not just people on land that are suffering from the heavy rainfall, as so is the Great Barrier Reef. It's not the extra water that is the problem. The sea can absorb a lot more water, but the sediment from the land washing into the sea that is the problem. The flooding in Queensland is the worst for 50 years. And the trouble for the Great Barrier Reef is that what is also washed into the sea is soil, pesticides and fertilizer. When all those start mingling into the reef, the result is dead coral. And when the coral dies, the reef dies. The sediment also affects seagrass and seaweed on the seabed that marine life feeds off. There's always going to be some sediment running off into the ocean, but the huge floods this time have made it a lot worse. On the other side of the world, however, bacteria have been the heroes of the huge oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico last April. Within four months of the oil spill, bacteria in the sea had removed more than 200,000 tons of dissolved methane, something that was a complete surprise to many marine scientists. 
The bacteria didn't consume all the crude oil that leaked out, and that cleanup is ongoing nine months on. But other parts of the spill, the methane gas, did seem to be absorbed by the ocean bacteria. It's easy to forget that oil is actually a natural substance, and even though it belongs deep under the seabed, some oil will seep out up to the ocean floor naturally. As a consequence, bacteria have evolved to consume the oil and gas much better than we had thought. If anyone asks you where the North Pole is, then you'd probably say in the Arctic, and you'd be correct. But what about the magnetic North Pole? That is the place on our planet where the Earth's magnetic field points vertically downwards. It's also the place where all compasses point to. However, it is in a different place to the geographic North Pole. And not only that, but it's moving. The Earth's magnetic field is not exactly symmetrical, and it's not constant either. The Earth's core is a swirling mass of molten rock under our feet, and those magma currents mean that the point of magnetic north changes, and it moves around 60 kilometers per year. It's currently heading from Canada towards Russia, but it doesn't really matter where it is, and any scientific instruments that use magnetic north will take into account the shift from geographic north to magnetic north. But just in case anyone does ask you, there really are two North Poles. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the science blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening with more. Teen Time presents podcast on demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time podcast on demand.